we're continuing uh, in our series uh, called Shift, Changing for Impact. Shift, Changing for Impact. Uh, we've taken a lot of time to walk through some passages in the, Old, in the New Testament um, that helps us to understand this idea uh, of the necessity for us to change and to shift um, so that we can have greater impact for the Lord. Um, and today we want to raise a text from the Old Testament. Raise a text from the Old Testament today uh, that speaks to this reality from the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 11. It's just going to be a couple of quick verses that we'll read today. Nehemiah chapter 11 from the English Standard Version. It should be appearing on your screen uh, here shortly. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 11 from this English Standard Version. The first two verses we'll read uh, today. And there you'll find these words. Now the leaders of the people lived in Jerusalem. And the rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of ten to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while nine out of ten remained in the other towns. And the people blessed all the men who willingly offered to live in Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be unto God for God's word amen nehemiah chapter 11 the first two verses um, and from uh, from that particular text today we want to lift up the thought giving up good for god giving up good for god giving up good for god uh, one of my favorite books of all time is a book that i came across during my 20s um, it's called the dream giver by Bruce Wilkinson. You probably heard me talk about it before. It's a book that I like to give out, particularly to those who are transitioning from high school into adulthood, um, to bless them as they begin their journey of life, called The Dream Giver by Bruce Wilkinson. And it is a compelling modern day parable about a guy named Ordinary, a guy named Ordinary who dares to leave the land of familiar in order to pursue his big dream. Ordinary, just a regular guy who finds this feather that shows up uh, on his windowsill. And this feather guides him uh, on his journey into different places and spaces. Some good, some bad, some easy, some difficult, some that make sense in the moment. Some he has no idea why he would be in that place at that time. But all of it working together to move him towards accomplishing his big dream and yes i'm not going to give away too much of the book because i encourage you to go pick it up go amazon it today uh, so that you can read it for yourself but with the help of the dream giver ordinary goes on one of the hardest and most rewarding journeys of his life it is a story about finding the faith to step out of the box to follow the god dreams that have been deposited in us and what always stands out uh, to me is the moment that ordinary has to say no to all that was familiar in order to follow this feather of his dream. Ordinary would not have connected with his life purpose or followed his dream if he had not sacrificed the comforts of who and where he was for the development of who and where he could be. Uh, and it is this notion that I believe is summarized in the idea that often in order to get to great, we have to give up what is good right now. In order to give, get to what is great, we have to give up what is good right 
now. We may be good with how things are in this moment. However, we ought not settle with what is good when we know that greater is calling or even that God is calling. Uh, in fact, we have to have the faith to give up the good things for the God things. And I believe our text helps us with this today from the book of Nehemiah. It helps us to helps to expose us to the fact that doing the will of God, walking on God's mission and doing what the Lord has called us to do, being who the Lord has called us to be, having the impact that God has created us uh, to have requires us to give up our own comfort for the mission that God has placed before us. In the chapters preceding our text today, Nehemiah uh, was leading the people uh, in establishing a renewed covenant with God as a response to the mercies of God that had been extended to their ancestors over the course of the history of the Israelite nation from creation through the Egyptian exodus and into their current state of exile. The work, they had, the work they had done to rebuild the walls of the city was now complete. And now they were recommitting themselves to God as a nation. And so chapter 9 ends with the leaders of those who had been living or who had returned to the region of Jerusalem signing a binding agreement. And chapter 10 spells out for us what that agreement covered in three major areas. It says that you ought not marry with people who were not a part of the Jewish nation. It says that you ought to supply the temple and the temple workers with what they needed according to the Mosaic law. And it also said that there ought to be a stringent observance of the Sabbath day. These were the agreements of the people who were now living in Jerusalem. The signing of this commitment to God and with their fellow kinsmen was an important milestone in this move to reestablish the city of Jerusalem and to reunify and uh, call back together and regather as it were the nation of Israel. Uh, if the people could hold up their end of the deal, they were sure to be blessed by God, freed from the hand of their oppressors, and begin to enjoy the fruit of a harmonious relationship with God. But there were still some other steps that needed to happen. Over the course of a number of years, the Jewish remnant in the region of Jerusalem had come together to rebuild the temple under the leadership of Ezra, the priest, and to rebuild the walls of the city under the leadership of Nehemiah. The people were called in from their ancestral towns to work together to begin the process of reestablishing the city of Jerusalem, which is the holy city of God. And while the walls and the temple had been rebuilt, we learned that the city was very scarcely populated. You know uh, how it is nowadays. Most of us that have churches that are in the city, we come to church in the city from other places uh, outside of the city. And it was the same way uh, for, for the folks in Jerusalem that the folks came in to work to help rebuild the city, but not very many of them actually lived in the city walls. The leaders lived there and some other citizens lived there. But for the most part, people came to the city to work and returned to their homes and to their fields once the work was done. In fact, in Nehemiah chapter 7 and verse 4, it says that Jerusalem was a large, it was large and spacious, but there were 
few people in it and the houses had not yet been rebuilt. And even as Nehemiah initiated the process of repopulating the city, it seems that there was some hesitancy on behalf of the people to move in. And this is where we find ourselves in chapter 11. What actually, what looks like another extensive list of names in these chapters is actually a recounting of the people who would be a part of the repopulation process of the city of Jerusalem. And so in our text today, it tells us at the beginning of chapter 11 that the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. The rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of every 10 of them to live in Jerusalem, while the remaining nine were to stay in their own towns. The necessity to cast lots in order to decide who would live in the city highlights the fact that that they had, though they had worked to restore the protective systems of the city, the greater majority of the people perhaps were unwilling to disrupt the certainty, the comfort, and the stability of their lives to permanently relocate to the city of Jerusalem. So, in an effort uh, to discern God's will as to who would be compelled to move to Jerusalem, the people cast lots similar to the modern day drawing numbers, and a tenth of those who currently lived outside of the city city were chosen to move to the city of Jerusalem. Y'all, the people had worked out uh, how to handle this situation, but th there was something troubling me about this text. Just hang in here with me today. I believe there's a word here, but there was something troubling me, troubling me about uh, this text and this situation, because if Jerusalem was the holy city of God, if Jerusalem was the dwelling place of the presence of God, why would no one want to move to the city? Why would no one want to move to the city where I, well, I discovered that there are some important things to realize about Jerusalem at this point in the biblical narrative. Before the wall was rebuilt, the city was poorly inhabited because it was poorly protected. It was a vulnerable place that the regional leaders thought as of as easy to control because of their need for protection. Uh, if you flip back to chapters uh, 4 through 6, this is why Sanballat, Tobiah, and the other leaders fought so hard against the rebuilding efforts of the wall that Nehemiah initiated. However, after the wall was completed, Jerusalem now became a target for any enemy forces that would come through the region because they had walls on their city and it made it a more of a target for attack. Not only was at Jerusalem at a heightened risk for enemy attack, but it was also a city that was in disrepair. In the earlier chapters of Nehemiah, they report that they that he had to rebuild or had to build rather homes for himself and for some who stayed in the city while the work of rebuilding the walls was going on. Because the city had been ransacked by their captors, it was a place that was in ruins. The temple had been rebuilt. The walls had been rebuilt. But this was by no means a place that was move-in ready. There was still much work to be done to redevelop uh, the city into a place where people would not only visit for festivals and ritual worship, but a place where people would ultimately inhabit as a place of residence. Being in Jerusalem meant that people were there with a purpose. The leaders had to be there. The priests had to be there. The Levites had to be there. But everyone else could visit at the appointed times and return to their homes, return to their field, and return to their lives outside of the city. 
And the reality is, is that we in some area of our lives, um, that we all have a, a Jerusalem in our lives, a place that God is calling us to serve, to move, to live and to do what will leave us feeling vulnerable and bring us into a place that for us is both uncertain and uncomfortable. Contrary to popular belief, just because God has called you to a place doesn't mean that it is a prepared place. In fact, it often requires that we have to put some work in so that it can become what God has shown us that it can be. It is This isn't necessarily a place of physical location, but perhaps it is a new level in our faith that is disguised in an area of dysfunction and disrepair in our lives. We aren't used to actually forgiving giving people unless they apologize us yet God is pushing us to deal with the pain that is caused by actually deciding to forgive and to let go of that uh, of the hurt that we've been holding on to so we can actually heal we aren't used to talking to people about what we believe but God is calling us to the place of boldness and proclamation of our faith we aren't used to giving more than the little bit that we have left over after we get paid and pay all of our bills and do all of the things we want to do yet God is challenging us to reorganize our financial lives and make God the priority by increasing and setting aside our tithes and our offerings before we do anything else with our money we aren't used to actually disciplining ourselves to commit our daily to commit to our daily devotional time and study of the word yet God is telling us that what is next for us is attached to how committed we are to spending time with the Lord daily we all have a Jerusalem we all have a vulnerable place that seems to place a spiritual target on us we all have places of uncertainty and places that are uncomfortable yet that is the exact place where God has chosen us to spiritually emotionally and yes even physically relocate because it is in that place where God desires to shape us to mold us and to grow us Seeing that Jerusalem was a vulnerable, broken city in disrepair, we could see why more people, why the people would be more than hesitant, rather to uh, be willingly, uh, willingly pick up and move there. Not to mention the fact that the people would have to abandon their job, abandon their ancestral lands, abandon their homes and the comfort of their existence in order to make the move. And as I considered why the people wouldn't go, I thought about those to whom the lot fell for them to move into the city. A tenth of the people who lived outside of the city would have to disrupt their lives and transition into Jerusalem. There is no telling what was going through their minds because moving to Jerusalem, y'all, required sacrifice. You want to type that in the chat today. Moving to Jerusalem required sacrifice. Type sacrifice. Write it down on your notes today. Those who were chosen by the casting of lots would have to uproot their lives where they were and move to a place that was less comfortable, less attractive, and less promising on the surface for the sake of rebuilding the city. They would be required to give up their good life outside of the city walls for a God life inside of the city walls. And we ought to recognize that giving up good for God requires sacrifice. Yes, giving up good for God requires sacrifice. This is what the rebuilding of the city hinged upon. Nehemiah sacrificed his comfortable life uh, as the cupbearer to the king. Uh, the people sacrificed time 
away from their fields to build the wall and now a tenth of the or a regional remnant would sacrifice their way of life in order to continue the work of rebuilding the city of God. Uh, God had used Ezra to lead the rebuilding of the temple. God used Nehemiah to lead the rebuilding of the city walls and now God was using the leaders and the tenth of the people to rebuild the city in a major key to the will of God being accomplished with the nation of Judah for the city of Jerusalem was the willingness of the people of God to sacrifice their good for God's greater. Just as God chose the people in our text, God has chosen us to accomplish God's will on the earth. And if you are watching today with breath in your body, blood running warm in your veins, God has a purpose and a promise for your life. The problem for many of us is that we want our purpose and our promise to be handed to us in a nice package that fits in neatly to the lives that we have created. To be honest, many people and many Christians aren't willing to be stretched in the manner, uh, in that manner, because even if it is dysfunctional, the place where we are familiar and com the place where we are rather is familiar and it's comfortable. Oh, that's good right there. Many Christians, many people aren't willing to be stretched because where they are familiar and comfortable, even if, if it's dysfunctional, is the place where they would rather stay because we know what to expect. We know how folks will behave. We know what the outcomes will be. It is easier for us to deal with the place, the posture, and the perspective that we are with that we are familiar with uh, instead of dealing with the newness that comes with changing and moving into something new. We have it good where we are. We can deal with what we know. We have settled into a routine of life that we live, but it's in our managing the good that we miss out on the move of God. And oftentimes, because the place that God is calling us to move doesn't look like a prepared place, we stick with what we know, and we never take a step of faith to position ourselves in the midst of a movement of God put on Facebook a few years ago and it popped up in my memories a couple weeks ago uh, that uh, promised lands aren't always prepared lands there's always going to be work to do I believe that's what's powerful about this chosen tenth of the people in the text they left everything because they were committed to the work of God being done in and through the city of Jerusalem they put their personal desires to the side for the greater mission of God in the world. And that's what our text is challenging us to do today. To open our hearts and to open our minds and to open our spirits to the possibilities that God has for our lives beyond where we are. Following Christ and doing God's will is a place of being uncomfortable because our faith in God never deep deepens and our understanding of the expansive power of God doesn't grow by being by doing the same thing the same way we have always done it. Uh, the growth of our faith, y'all, is a result of having our faith stretched in ways that might not feel good in the moment but are good for us in the long run. That's good right there. Our faith grows when it's stretched, when it's worked out in ways that might not feel good right now, but are good for us in the long term. And if we desire to see God move in radical and miraculous ways around us and through us, we have to be willing to leave our comfort zones and trust the Lord to sustain us and to keep us. You want to check the text? In verse 2, notice how the people uh, 
how, how the text describes the people's re reaction to them, uh, those that had committed themselves uh, to, to, to moving into the city of Jerusalem, that tenth of folks that said, yes, we will uh, go. Yes, we'll leave the comforts. The people in verse 2 command, commended all of those who willingly offered, or the, uh, the uh, NIV says those who volunteered to live in Jerusalem. Y'all, the use of the word volunteered or that phrase in the English Standard Version willingly offered is an interesting idea because in the original Hebrew language it suggests that those who were chosen they willingly gave of themselves they were eager and generous they wanted to be in the city in other words they saw this moment as an opportunity to grasp hold of and not an obstacle to overcome they willingly offered because they saw the potential of what was there and didn't focus in on the problems that were before them they were chosen by God through the casting of lots to be a part of the next phase of the city rebuilding project yet the text describes them as having volunteered to do this the people who were chosen were willing uh, partners in the process and even as they were chosen they still openly and enthusiastically chose to take this chance to be a part of furthering the work of God in the city of Jerusalem and ultimately today our sacrifice is a sign to God that we are willing to partner with God in accomplishing God's mission for the word for for the world our sacrifice is a sign to God that we are willing to partner with God in accomplishing God's mission for the world sure God could accomplish all that God desires to accomplish without our help God spoke the world into existence and shaped humanity with his hands and with his breath yet God wants to partner with us to get the job done when God chooses us to do God's will it requires that we respond in kind by giving up what is necessary in order to do what the Lord has called us to do that might mean cutting some people off that might mean stepping down from that position that might uh, mean increasing our giving that might mean pursuing reconciliation in a broken relationship or forgiving folks who never apologize to you that might mean leaving that nice paying job selling that nice house or that nice car it might mean learning a new skill or a new way of thinking but whatever it is that God has called us to sacrifice giving it up is a sign to God that we are willing partners with God in the work and that our priority is that God is God's desire and not our own and this is not a partnership y'all that was forged by force their sacrifice was done enthusiastically they were chosen they agreed to the deal and gave up what they needed to give up so that God would be glorified and we ought to realize today that this was not that this is not a normal partnership that they were entering into no they weren't entering into a partnership with one another they were in actuality entering in to a partnership with the one who had proven that they wouldn't fail or fall through this was a partnership with the God who had proven in God's self through down through the generations in the chapters preceding chapter 11 the people uh, had collectively spent time recounting the deeds of the Lord down through the years as a reminder that God was faithful and God was true to God's word and we can often find ourselves 
struggling to come to the place of giving up good for God because we are uncertain about what will happen and we are uncomfortable with being uncomfortable but when we sacrifice for the sake of the Lord we are placing our faith in a power that has a proven track record of giving us what we need right when we need it just think about the story of your life and how God has kept you in unimaginable ways time and time again how God God has opened doors for you how God has provided for you how God has looked out for you y'all we like to turn to God when we are down to our last dive down to our last nerve and down to our last chance but what would happen if we trusted God not just when our backs were against the wall but when God called us to sacrifice for the sake of doing God's will imagine how our lives would change if we decided to trust the God God's power, God's presence, and God's provision in spite of what it looked like and trusted the call of God in our lives. We say we believe and we can say we believe in God all we want, but the proof is in what we do, not in what we say. Our willingness to sacrifice is connected to how much we trust God. Our response to God's choosing us to go, to do, to give, and to serve is a statement of how much we we actually believe God will take care of us. Check the text, y'all. The people cast their lots and were chosen to move into the city of Jerusalem, which is described in the text as the city of God, as the holy city. And y'all, this is an important designation, y'all, because Jerusalem wasn't just any city. They weren't just moving to Richmond or to Petersburg or to Washington, D.C. or Charlotte, North Carolina. No, Jerusalem wasn't just any city. Jerusalem was the place that God had chosen to put God's own name. Jerusalem was the place where the temple was located and the Ark of the Covenant rested. The Jerusalem was the holy city. It was set apart as a place where the presence of God rested. Yes, it was vulnerable to enemy attack. Yes, there was disrepair inside the city walls. Yes, it didn't look like much, but it had one distinct advantage today that Jerusalem was God's city. It was the place that God had chosen for God's self and no matter how bad things were, God was there. And perhaps that's the greatest thing that we can remember is that when God calls us to give up uh, to give up the good, God is already working it out for us. When God calls us to give up the good, God is already shifting things to work in our favor. When God calls us to give up the good. God is already making ways for us. I know the sacrifice might be hard but at the end of the day the result will be worth it. It's like working out. It's like going on a diet. If you can sacrifice right now your health will be a little bit better somewhere down the line. It might look crazy to you. It might look crazy to everyone else but if God is in it God will turn it from ashes to beauty. If God is in it. God will turn it from mourning to dancing. If God is in it, God will turn it from sadness to joy. If God is in it, God will turn it from death to life. And if you can give up what you perceive as your present good, God will transform it into a guaranteed great because the very thing that God has called us to do, God is already there. The very way that God has already uh, called for us to sacrifice 
God has already made provision to take care of us. You might ask me, how do you know today, preacher? Oh, well, let me just, don't ask me. Let me just ask some other folks. You can ask Abraham because Abraham, because God called Abraham to sacrifice the son of promise, Isaac. But when he got to the altar, he had a ram waiting for him in the bushes so that Isaac could live and the ram could be sacrificed. You can ask the widow at Zarephath who is ready to fix her last meal for her and her son and die. But God called her to feed the prophet first. And then God made provision of flour and oil so that she would be fully fed and have all that she needed through the famine. You can ask a little boy who is in a crowd with two fish and five loaves of bread. He could have held on to that basket. But when God, Jesus called for him to let him have the basket that ended up feeding him and a crowd of 5,000 plus people more than they could ever expect. You can ask Mary because when God asked Mary to sacrifice her womb for his only son, God had already taken care of all of the drama that might have ensued with her of husband Joseph through a dream. You can just ask Jesus because when God called for his son to sacrifice on the cross on that hill called Calvary for the sake of you and for the sake of me, God had already taken care of the other side of the sacrifice because you know the story that early on Sunday morning, Jesus got up with all power in his hands. All I'm trying to let you know is that God has already made the way. God has already gone before us. God has already worked it out. God just needs for us to trust God enough to partner with what God is doing. And if you're ready today to give up good, the good thing for the God thing, you want to type it in the comments right now and say, I'm giving up good for God. I'm letting go of what is comfortable for where God is calling me. I'm, I'm giving up this good thing, this good season, this familiar space, and I'm walking in faith, not by sight, into what the Lord is calling me to do. And if that's you today, if that's your committed commitment today, you want to type it in the comments and then lift your hands and give God your best praise. God, your best praise, sacrifice, the good thing for the God thing. Y'all, we got to be willing to make the sacrifice, make the sacrifices we need to make so that we can be, live the lives that God has called us to live, so that we can be the church that God has called us to be, so that we can have the impact that God has called us to have. We have to partner with God and give up the good thing for the God thing, the word of God for the people of God. We thank God for the challenge of God's word today. Come on, won't you pray with me? God, today, we thank you for these small verses that we would just typically kind of read over and overlook. But what we recognize is that in them, God, there is a challenge that you issue to us. That we would sacrifice what is good, what is comfortable for where it is and what it is that you've called us to do for who you've called us to be who you're shaping us and desire to mold us into yes we have potential but if we don't partner with you we will never realize all that you have for us and so god even in the low moments of the valley in this process of stepping out on faith leaving behind what is familiar even in the low moments god we know that you'll be right there with us God, at the, 
at the valley highs, the, at the mountain highs, rather, God, we know that you'll be right there with us. God, in every step of the way, you'll be right there with us. And not only are you with us, God, but you are going ahead of us. We trust and believe today that you are preparing the place for us so that when we get there, we'll know what we need to do. You're preparing the place for us to arrive, but also you're preparing us in the process as we partner with you on this journey. God, today, there may be one who is watching who needs to commit their lives to you through Jesus Christ today. We're asking today that you would allow them to make that commitment today. God, don't let them wait any longer for whatever time that they're watching this. God, if they're watching this with us on Sunday morning, God, don't let them leave this moment without saying yes unto you. God, if they're watching this at some point in time in the future, don't allow them to leave this moment without saying yes to you today. Man, woman, boy, or girl. They would sacrifice the comfort of where they are, the way that they've been leaving, living, to step out on faith and to trust and to follow you. God, today we're praying for one who needs to rededicate their lives today. And we pray the same prayer, God. That even though they may have fallen back into the familiar God, that they will step out in faith and recommit to following you. And that God, if you've led them in this direction, that you would allow them to partner with the work that you're doing here through TMCBC. And to help us to continue to build your kingdom through this branch of Zion. God, we pray now that you would continue to be with us. God, show us this week what we need to sacrifice the good that we need to sacrifice in order to get to the great that you've called us to. We love you and we honor you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.